In a digital world that could feel highly transactional, even more so in banking and financial services, empathy, digital empathy is a practical way for you to make account holders feel like you know them on an even deeper and emotional level. But how? How can you elevate digital empathy at your bank, credit union, or fintech? Well, let's find out together on today's episode of Banking on Digital Growth. Greetings and hello, my name is James Robert Lay, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Practical Perspective series where I provide you with practical insights to guide you forward on your own journey of growth at your bank, credit union, or fintech. And today, we're going to explore how you can practically elevate digital empathy to make real human connections with real people, the communities you serve across all of your diff different digital experiences. But first, I'd like to invite you to hit the subscribe button whether you're watching this podcast on YouTube or if you've t tuned in listening on one of the many podcast players this podcast streams on throughout the world. Because when you hit the subscribe button, you instantly become part of an ever-growing community of financial brand leaders who are all committed to maximizing their future growth potential by guiding people in the communities that they serve beyond financial stress towards an even bigger, better, and brighter future. Now, let's dive into how you can elevate digital empathy through what we call consumer personas. Maybe you have even heard of consumer personas, but what do we mean by consumer personas? A consumer persona is just a semi-fictional representation of an ideal account holder that is based upon two things, market research, but also real world data that is applicable to your unique marketplace, to your unique community, to your account holders. And, and right now, the vast majority of financial brands define their market segments or audiences, if you will, through demographic data, age, sex, education, occupation, income, so, so on and so forth. But this isn't good enough. You can't emotionally or even empathy, empathetically connect with data, with, with one's and zeros. And I would take this even to another level. The idea of market segments, or even what some call audiences, there's an opportunity to transform this thinking to the next level, and really begin to think of this as community or digital community. That's because community transcends borders and boundaries, zip codes, cities, states community now resides in the minds of people. And when it comes to personas, we have found that almost 70% of financial brands have not defined consumer personas. And that's a problem because without personas, there can be no empathy. There can be no digital empathy. Even among the financial brands who have reported having defined personas, we have learned through our diagnostic assessments that the vast majority of these financial brands are not applying the personas through their digital growth strategies. Remember, no personas, no empathy, but the same is true. No application of personas, no empathy either. Whenever I'm working with a financial brand and guiding them through a diagnostic assessment, 
we dive into questions about who their ideal, not just audience, but their ideal community is that they would like to attract and grow. And I typically get three responses. We want the students. So we want those who are 16 to 22 year olds. Uh, we want the prime lenders, those who are you know, 22, 23, up to the 40, 45 year olds. And then we want the depositors, those who are 40, 45, upwards to 65 to 70 years old. There's a slight problem here. If financial brand leaders are saying they want all of these groups, that's basically everyone who is 16 to 65 with money in their pocket and a heartbeat. In other words, they haven't really answered the question, who is the ideal community that you're looking to create value for? You cannot be all things to all people. If you try to do so, you're going to become nothing to no one, especially when it comes to digital growth strategy. This type of thinking, trying to be all things to all people, is rooted in the past. It's rooted in legacy systems, particularly mass marketing strategies. If you go back and you look at TV or radio or print or direct mail, financial brands used to send out one message to many people in a local marketplace. Digital, of course, it provides an opportunity to begin to segment not just audiences, but segment communities down into smaller and more well-defined groups with very specific needs. But financial brand leaders struggle going down this path. They have a, a, a fear of missing out or, or FOMO. They think, you know, if we target our digital growth strategies around this one particular community or this one particular group of people, what about everyone else? What are we missing out on? Growth is found by saying no and not yes. I think about our own situation here at the Digital Growth Institute. For the past 21 years, we have been focused exclusively on educating and coaching financial brand leaders to help inspire human transformation within their financial brand so that they can maximize their digital growth potential. After writing Banking on Digital Growth, people were asking, can this be applied in other other markets? Can this be applied in other verticals? This thinking I shared in the book? Absolutely. And I would be lying to you if I told you the entrepreneurial mind in me didn't want to go down that path and start to pursue some of these other opportunities. But growth is found by saying no more than yes. And that's where personas come back into play. Personas provide clarity into who we're going to create value for. So how can you practically elevate your digital empathy through consumer personas? Better yet, we're gonna turn this around just a bit for this, this particular episode. What are the common reasons, the common pitfalls of why personas fail and as a result, financial brands fail to communicate digital empathy. I, I keep coming back to this point of communication because communication is one of the key elements to establishing and expanding trust in a digital world. Trust is the currency that we trade on. Trust is the sum of what we say and what we do, words and actions, words being communication, actions also being communication as, as well by just not saying anything. 
So here are five red flags or five what we'll call persona pitfalls to watch out for when planning and defining, but also applying personas to elevate your digital empathy. Number one, projecting your perspective onto the persona. Because intrinsically, we believe other people are more like us than they actually are. It's easy to project our own reality, our own experiences, our belief systems and structures onto other people. And in the case of personas, onto to them. Persona pitfall number two to watch out for is describing only buyer demographic data. When it comes to persona development, one of the biggest mistakes that I see marketers make is to, to profile their account holders or even their prospective account holders with just demographic traits, age, income, sex, location, instead of going deeper into their questions, their concerns, their hopes, their dreams, they, they, they look at it from the lens of just the big data sets, which brings us to pitfall number three, lacking thick data. If big data is what people do, or in the particular case of personas, who they are, it's the thick data that informs why they do what they do, why they act the way they act, why they think the way they think, why they believe and feel the way they feel. The opportunity is to go all in on people, to ask, to listen, to learn, to get really good at asking good questions, to listen to what people say, and then to learn through observation because what people say and what people do doesn't always add up. Now, you can go all in on people with qualitative one-on-one -on -one interviews, um, whether that be uh, at a front line with your salespeople to gain their perspective, but you can also go all in on people with digital secret shopping studies, something that we conduct frequently here at the Digital Growth Institute. Because when we conduct these secret shopping studies, we're learning why people feel the way they feel about a particular digital experience. The very first two questions that we ask in a digital secret shopping study when someone comes to a website is, based upon what you see, do you feel like you can trust this financial brand and how does what you see make you feel? And, and the answers that they share, the emotions that they share directly go on to influence the potential for these particular people to convert going forward into the future. Which brings us to persona pitfall number four developing too many personas. Uh, you know, what we're looking for here when it comes to persona development are just common patterns across market segments within a particular community or digital community. But we also need to keep in mind the resources that we have available as a financial brand to take action to then apply that knowledge. And I think of one organization that I had advised years ago they had 57 different personas that they had identified. But in reality, when, when assessing and diagnosing their digital strategies and their communication on their website, their email, their ads, they were using zero out of those 57 personas. 
And so the pro tip here is to start this journey by developing one, two, no more than three different personas that you can take action on to inform your communication strategies. And then finally, persona pitfall number five is relying on focus groups. I did a podcast on this a long time ago um, and, and why the, 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 there are fallacies in focus groups. Focus groups are flawed because they often lead to group think. This is where digital secret shopping studies that focus on usability and more deeply the emotional experience, the, the lead experience that people have when shopping for a financial product, these these one-on-one conversations provide far more valuable insights than focus groups that tend to end in group think where one or two people take over the conversation then everyone else kind of just nods their head in agreement. Now, I see all of these pitfalls when we conduct our diagnostic assessments, but the one thing I see the most is that financial brands make a mistake around is that of projecting. I want to tell you a story. I was working with a financial brand, um, their marketing team. They were developing their first set of consumer personas that they had ever had. And this organization, they were doing tremendous work. They had a great team, um, but this was a gap. This was a growth opportunity that they were looking to close. And so we, we started out with a qualitative approach, one-to-one interviews, looking at the emotional experience that people had with the brand. Uh, we looked at the lead experience uh, from, from their website. And along the way, we were documenting the patterns that were, were percolating up to the top around people's questions and their concerns uh, for particular product lines, their hopes and dreams. And then we took all of this data and, and compiled it into a narrative-like story um, a structure that we have found it is easier to emotionally relate to a story for personas than that of just the, the ones and zeros of demographic data. And that story was the premise of visualizing these personas with graphical elements, overlaying these graphical elements of, of, of these ideal account holders with, we'll call them emotive-driven words, and what was being created was not just something for the marketing team, but it was also as a as a training tool for other departments within the the organization. So, for example, frontline or the the contact center. And as I was guiding the marketing team through this workshop, the CEO walked in and asked what we were working on. And after explaining to him the exercise and, and not just what we were doing, but why we were doing it the most interesting thing happened. He stepped back and he paused and and he folded his arms and and you could see he was really, really deep in thought. And, And finally he said, you know, I connect with this guy right there. And he pointed to an older persona image on this poster, one that looked just like him. And what he saw in that image on that poster with this particular persona, it, it resonated with him. And he was self-aware that he was not able to connect with, and, and this was really, really neat. He, he, he verbally said, I, I, I can't connect with these younger millennial types 
um, that the marketing team had been working on. And so in, th in this case, the, the CEO helped this particular team understand the potential pitfalls of projection. Because the CEO unknowingly in that moment projected himself and in his worldview onto a persona. And at the same time, the other personas also provided him with perspective into the hearts and minds that they were experiencing, some of their questions, some of their concerns that he was not aware of. And so as a result, the CEO walked out of the room, and we had a fantastic conversation about this, with a greater sense of empathy. Once again, you can't understand a person until you walk a mile in their shoes. And an exercise rooted in persona development helps to make that a reality. And so this particular financial brand um, went through this. And, and once again, the other pitfall is, is you do this work and then you never apply it. And so they took these personas outside of the marketing department. They put them up in the boardrooms. They were training their, their contact center, their, their front line, their sales team. And, and it provided another perspective, a deeper level of empathy on how these other teams could connect with these particular personas in ways that were not possible before. I think the most fascinating part of the story is when they, they hung these personas in the boardroom. So when the directors were coming in and talking about strategy, they were now referencing Josh and Susan and Victor and Alicia, the names of personas that were nothing more than just data points before, demographic data. But these were now real people, quote unquote, with, with, with real names, with real problems, with real questions, with real concerns. The personas were a path to help everyone remember that behind every data point within this particular financial brand, behind everyone in zero was DNA. And all in all, consumer personas have been very helpful in communicating why they're doing what they're doing for Josh and Susan and Alicia and Victor. These people, and it, and it drove empathy digital empathy from the top down. This is how this particular organization began to put the transformation of people over the commoditized transaction of dollars and cents. And you too can do the same at your bank, at your credit union, or at your FinTech. If you found this practical perspective helpful today, then I invite you to share it with someone you know, someone on your team, someone within your organization, or someone that you think, you know what, this could be helpful for them on their own journey of growth because this is how we all get even better together. Until next time, and as always, be well, do good, and be the light.